0: Hey, this is Johnny from Beers in the Lot podcast. Welcome to episode four. Today, we're going to talk about certain hockey levels and the bell curve and where we fit in. Uh, Just a quick surprise. It's not super high. Uh, We also touched on Tampa Bay clapping the Isles' cheeks in game one. And is this the possible bubble fatigue creeping in again for more NHL teams, including the Isles? Also, we'll touch quickly on the capital search for a head coach, and we drift further and further into the deep abyss that is us becoming a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. Thanks. Hope you enjoy.
1: Prepare beers. Yes.
0: (laughs) Prepare your
2: beers, gentlemen. Are we ready?
3: Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's crack them open.
2: Shaking the cup tonight, John. What What are you drinking, John? Yeah, what is that? So I have, <laughs>
0: why is everyone inquisitive? <laughs> uh, you can see my some, beer in the camera. Yeah. I, have, uh, some, I have some, I have some hundred proof Knob Creek bourbon. Whoa. All right. All right. So
3: just a little Go nightcap. On. Nothing Going serious. Going hard in the paint. Yeah. So you're telling me this, this is, this is
2: just whiskey night. in the lot then. So <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> bourbon in the lot. Bourbon sir.
3: in the lot. All right. My bad. Yeah. Cocktails <laughs> in the lot. Whatever. What about you, Danny? I'm like Jackie Moon tonight. I'm getting tropical, tropical haze DNA from Green Flash Brewery. There we go. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. It's tasty. That's good stuff. What
3: about you, Aaron? Are you uh, driving a fishing boat over there? Yes, sir. I need a bigger boat. We've
2: been saying it. We need to make this a Jaws podcast, so I'm doing my part. (laughs) I'm drinking a Narragansett tonight in the Quint can. Crush it like Quint. 1975 Quint can. Crush it like Quint. (laughs)
1: That's right how about Jersey? well i have a uh i have a fine west coast ipa from attaboy beer right here in frederick maryland it's called hella hella it's very very good i I got the locals yeah i got to give the locals a shout out especially attaboy beer because uh they sponsored the jerseys for one of the teams i play for so right on (laughs) definitely have to (laughs) shout them out as much as possible
3: We'll allow that pandering. We'll allow that. <laughs>
1: you think uh, you think if we go in there with you, they'll give us some beer chips? Uh, uh well, it depends. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> we can tell that story later, but yeah. <laughs> I think
2: that's something that we're gonna have to start doing once playoffs are over. We'll start bringing it home and talk about some local, like the stories from our our leagues and stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: We've got. We've got hours of stories to tell
1: i mean even even from this last week you know uh we've been skating pickups because there's no games because of covid times and uh there were a couple players and the one of the pickups last week that i guess played at a little bit higher levels than any of us ever did (laughs) um so aaron and i started having a running text conversation about you know where are they and where are we at level? And I don't know. What was your idea on that, Aaron? Well, we were
2: trying to think it's like, okay, if you take every hockey player from the guy who's putting on skates for the first time, all the way up to uh, name the greatest of all time, if that is a zero to 100% scale, zero being absolute zero skill and 100 being the most skill in the game, then where do we fall? And you really have to like, it's kind of hard to to put your finger on all this because as you get to the very end of the scale, then there's only like a couple guys up there. But at the very beginning of the scale, there's millions or whatever. I I don't actually know how many people are playing hockey in the world, of course. But if I had to guess, you're probably farther up the scale than you think you are. I bet you that we're probably around 30 to 40 percent because there's so many higher leagues than us. Like the way that we, where we're playing at, somebody figured we're 43 levels down from the NHL or something. Well, I, th- <laughs> I think the
1: official old fat ball guys tagline is uh, the 47th slowest level in the world. So <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: 47th percentile. Well, and then, <laughs> yeah. So you take kind of like your NHL guys, then your AHL guys, then your East coast guys, then probably you you know, you can insert European pro, et cetera, NCAA, high level juniors, uh, Putin, because he plays in the all star <laughs> games for the KHL. Right. But, um, and then after that, it's kind of, you know, people who either played here, played there, and then you know, you kind of got those wild cards, like, uh, you know, people that. They're they're really good hockey players, they're really smart. Maybe they're a little lazier than others. So they're they're really good, but they're kind of lazy. And then you look at, you know, even some of the guys we play with, the you know, they put their tri pants on too much and whatnot. But I think yeah, 40 ish percent, that, that sounds about so, so right,
1: right, maybe. Right in the middle. Yeah, we'll say yeah. the middle. I like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of characterized it early on as like a bell curve, right? You know, the traditional bell curve in school where, you you know, your low scores are at one end and your high scores are at the other and everybody else kind of falls in the middle. But I think, I think air, I think you, you really like, you really characterize it the right way where it's, it's really just kind of like a curve from left to right where almost everybody's yeah. on the left-hand side and it exponentially uh, gets better as you move to the right and the skill goes, you know, goes up and up and up.
2: It's like a downwards. I don't actually know the name for it. Downward slope yeah, I, curve or something like that. I'm not a math <laughs> guy. Either, <but> it's, it <laughs> starts really, really high. And then it's just a massive cliff yeah. that turns into a small rolling hill as you get further out to hundred
3: percent. You like mean the, we don't uh, have any math guys on the team? <laughs> we had no math guys well, on the spot.
1: well the the kicker about it is right like if i always think about too like there's there's a there's a diversity in talent level that that we skate with and we've skated with over the years right um, and then there's also diversity in like just the people that we hang out with too i mean oh yeah we have we play and skate with a lot of really smart people from different backgrounds scientific backgrounds all kinds of stuff going on um, so I always I always find that probably more interesting than like where people played when they were Definitely. you know in 16 and under hockey or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so some of the guys in our league who most people might characterize as the uh, the lower end of the skill level are the most interesting people in the league. That's like, right, they have yeah. stories for days about about their life that could keep you entertained. write Netflix series documentaries on them no problem
1: maybe yeah uh, that's, that's definitely the interesting maybe stuff. we should think about you know inviting uh local guests on you know uh, i bet
2: you we could fill a show with that for sure <laughs> 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 so what are we doing now we're what's we're in intermission with the uh, dallas and vegas right now but they're up the Rio.
3: yep we're yeah yes. at that,
2: that clip from kucherov earlier that daniel shared that was pretty cool uh, oh that the, was nasty the pass coming out of point and then uh kucherov just flips it and <laughs> tip pass and just a little chip tip that went right over the defender's yeah. stick it was he, it was perfect
3: he made a ramp with his blade
2: <laughs> it was unreal <laughs> at speed and a rush in and, an eastern conference and, final game
1: and the puck ends up right on braden Point's exactly. stick <laughs> Exactly he right is flying me. at full speed, and he's one of the fastest guys still left in this thing. I mean, un- unreal. Unreal well, play. Yeah. So
0: cool. And two, the one thing I kind of mentioned you know, at Point about that whole play, what Kucherov did was very special, definitely the highlight. But Braden Point, as soon as that puck touches Kuch's toe, it's almost like he knew what was going to happen. He, yeah. he didn't change a single thing. It was almost like they, they wrote it up on the iPad on the bench. And we're like, yeah, just we'll get a sauce. I'm going to tow it to you off my blade. You're going to skate down the far side. I'm going to cut to the middle. You pass it over, and I'll tap it in. It'll be insanely easy right through the five hole. How did, and they're uh, like, okay. How did he draw that up on the iPad? <laughs> yeah, you probably need, like, the John Madden telestrator for that.
1: To... No, he,
2: he used the actual iPad to show how his blade needed to be angled. Yeah, the exact angle.
1: Yeah. math mathematician. That's right,
0: <laughs> big math guy,
1: big math and geometrics and yeah. uh, physics guy. <laughs>
0: well, since since we're kind of on the topic of mathematics and all that jazz, oh boy, oh boy, yeah, it'll, it'll be all the fun stuff. <laughs> what um, so with you know, kind of four teams left as of today, this is Tuesday evening. This should release Wednesday afternoon. You have. Vegas-Dallas currently in the intermission, like we said. Tampa and the Islanders played last night. The Islanders got smoked statistically even in – you could almost say effort. I mean, they definitely were playing. They definitely were a little feisty, but in terms of yeah. puck possession numbers and shot attempts, it was a total disaster for them. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think Lane Lambert and Barry Trotz can really kind of figure something out to stifle that Tampa defense and offense?
1: I think so uh this, well, so they did have a bright spot in the second period where they kind of uh took control of the puck for a little bit um and that's that showed up in the shot attempts and the numbers too, um but you're right, for the most part, they were dominated in the whole game. I think maybe like coming into a new series, maybe they were. Maybe they went into too much of a pr- protective shell defensively and they just kind of sat back and let Tampa come to them. Uh, and and maybe they didn't take advantage of the opportunities that were presented to them to rush the puck and, and create some offense. Um, and then once, you know, Tampa got rolling, it was all over. I, I think with, with a team like Tampa, um, they have to play very much the way that they do did with Washington, and we'll get to Washington a little bit later. I think in the conversation, um, but they never let they never let the Capitals get into any games, right? They came out and they played their they played the way that they want to play. Um, they just strangled them on the outside of the ice. They they got to do the same thing to Tampa and don't don't wait for that game to happen, right? They they need to they need to force the issue. Well, I, think, and, I think Trotz can figure it out. I think Lane Lambert can figure it out. They have the right coaching staff. Everybody yeah, knows those that. guys
0: are smart enough. The one thing that really stuck out to me with Tampa, and I, I guess when you put eight goals in, in a game against two decent goalies, Grice was pulled after nine shots, letting three goals in. Um, but Tampa's D did a great job of those first passes out of the zone, whether it was under pressure or they had a little bit of time. The first pass was – very crisp. It went exactly where it needed to go. Mm, and the other right. thing, too, and we've said this almost throughout the entire playoffs about any team that's had success, it's the fast transition from pucking your defensive zone to the neutral zone to getting into the offensive yeah, zone.
1: Yeah.
0: And Tampa, I mean, between their defense, and there's a lot of names there, too. Braden Coburn didn't even play last night. Huh. He's actually a pretty solid defensive, but they had Eric Chernak, Shattenkirk, who's really after getting bought out by the Rangers had a really good season and he's looked pretty good. Hedman, who's awesome. He's always a, he'll be a, you know, Norris candidate for the next couple of years. McDonough, you could say he's had somewhat of a revival since getting down there. I think having less minutes, him being sheltered by Hedman almost helps him a little bit because the stuff he does really well, he can do, right. You know, in, in that kind of second slot, third slot role. Um, and, bogosians played two for them i mean another d was in buffalo kind of got abused just because the that that's the buffalo team unfortunately but he's <laughs> he's had a great he's had a really great season and series and whatnot down there too so i mean you look at that the decor they're they're pretty solid in tampa even though they drafted really well they weren't afraid to go out and make moves i kind of really respect that out of that team um Vegas is the only other team you could say at this point really went out and made, made a move or two, whether it was free agency or trade this year, that did something to kind of go, we can't draft at the moment, but we can make a move to make ourselves better for this year. I like that about that team.
3: I know John and I talked about it before everybody was on here, but Tampa, Tampa went 58 minutes and 53 seconds without missing the net. The first shot that missed <laughs> the net was Paquette. Uh, Paquette. Sixty-seven seconds left to go. <laughs> yeah, so that wow. means that's crazy. Well, so it, that means if the Islanders didn't block the shot,
0: it was hitting their net.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and that's a team right that blocks a ton of shots mm-hmm. um, because they don't necessarily have the puck that much. So if they're not blocking shots, and uh, you know their goalies having to work that much harder, um, and and shots are going to go in the net, right? Um, It's just the law of averages at that point, I would think. Um, I did see a thing. I'm a big, you know, what were the results five-on-five guy. You know, I think I saw that Tampa outscored them four-to-one, five-v-five. So, obviously, they were they completely dominated the game. I mean, anybody that watched the game understands that. But, you know, if you want to look at it a little bit more uh, tactically and looking at the next game, you know, Trots and his staff have their work cut out for them, that's for sure. sure. So it's a that's a great question to ask. Like, can they turn it around in such a short time?
0: Well, then who do you go with? Do you go with Varlamov, who when he played, I mean you could say whatever you want about the announcers, but I I was somewhat with him. He kind of looked a little out of it. Maybe that's because he wasn't expecting to start last night mm. or get in the game, and then Grice. Like I said, he let in three goals on nine shots. Who do you go I, with?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for Varlamov just you know, because of his history and mm-hmm. you know with the caps and everything. Um, but I don't know. I, I think like it's an 8-2 game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's kind of a throw-the-tape-away game, too. I would think if you're a coach, like, hey, guys, we got shelled. Um, let's get back to what we do well and and move on from it. You know, I think that's got to be the message. Uh, at a you know in a general sense, I'm sure there's other more specific things that they need to figure out, but I, I would think the message is, hey guys, it was an 82 game in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, let's just move on. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and and Danny, maybe I, I know we talked it about a little bit. As the playoffs go on and on, especially as now it gets a little more into crunch time, you know, conference finals appearances on the line. You've been away from your family in this bubble for so long. Games matter more. And just watching the teams that got eliminated the last round out of those game sevens, they look so upset just emotionally. And even they looked so tired when it was all done. Do you think that plays a factor now to that mental grind being in the bubble kind of thinking, oh, man, we're down 1-0 or even, oh, my God, we're playing this team and they're just shellacking us. What,
3: what do you think that plays into mentally? Um, I, I think mentally you, you kind of just got to start over, right? Clean slate it. Try to get on the board early. Next game, try to get on the board early, get something going. You, you just, you just got to push that out of your head, 8-2. Just, just take it as a loss. Right, just say, "Well, we lost." I'm not looking at the score. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah you're we're down 0-1. We just lost, so right. you we're didn't down lose, 0-1. You didn't lose the series, right? Exactly. They, yeah. Yep.
3: I think they have a bounce back game next next game. Not saying they're going to win it, but I think they I think they show up better than uh, they did the first game. Tampa, though,
0: I I really like the team. We show them a lot of love, but this is a team that's been in a very similar situation a few times already. You know, they're in the conference finals. <laughs> I can think of two times at least. One when they played the Pens, they they were up three two. Pens came back. Brian Russ scored two in game seven a few years ago when the Caps won the cup. Were they up was Tampa up three one at that point? Yeah, Riggs? they were
1: they were up. Yeah. Yeah. They're up three one. Washington and- forces the game seven and then like uh, well, if I can remember two years ago, they almost dominated them in that game seven. And I, I think like the Bolts were kind of shell shocked at that point that hey we were on our way to another final and probably a Stanley Cup um and they just it just slipped right out of their hands um I don't think that's going to happen this time around I think if it gets to a game 7 this time around it's going to be a back and forth series between these two teams just because like we've already said right like the Islanders I think are well coached and they could figure out ways to slow Tampa down and, uh, you know, force the issue with them and play that underdog role. Do you think the Islanders are too young though? You know, that's a great question. Um,
2: Well, I mean, going back to what we've said in previous podcasts, maybe
1: too young is a good thing in this situation. Yeah, maybe it is.
0: And if you kind of look at the other teams in the, Kind of in the mix right now, those old guard players, if you will, like Jonathan Taze Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Nick Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin. All those guys are gone. So I mean, this is kind of the new group. Almost. Is it
1: though? I mean, until like one
0: wins a cup, no. That Tampa
1: yeah. that Tampa roster's been around for a long time, right? I mean, that's very true. Yeah, we just said right. They've they've been to a Cup final. They've been to multiple conference finals. They've been, you know, they're they're almost a lock to, you know, get out of first round series. I think, you know, a guy like Hedman and you know Kalorn and these type of guys, they would beg to differ that they haven't, you know, been around the block a couple times. I do, I do uh, agree with the theory, Danny, that like the younger guys from a from a mental aspect probably have an advantage because they don't they don't have wives and. Mm-hmm. babies and families at home and, and stuff like that. They're, they're pretty much living sort of the same life that they would be during the season, I would think. Right. Um. So maybe that helps them.
3: I would think just, just being kind of inexperienced uh, would kind of play into it more with their performance on the ice. But yeah, like the, the mental aspect of them off the ice, you know, they don't have... Well, I wouldn't say not all of them, but a lot of them are living the single bachelor life. So yeah, yeah. Not in the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're just well, they're just hanging with the
1: boys in the bubble, right? Which I mean, we've gone over it before. Like that it probably is getting old, but the other thing too, right? You're, <laughs> you're, a, you're in the final four now. So you have a legit shot. Like you're, you're, you can taste it, right? Like if you're in that position, so the mentality, the mentality's got to shift a little bit from, Oh, we're stuck in the, in the bubble in you know, the, in the qualifiers in the round Robin to now, Hey, we're in the conference final here. We're playing for a chance to go to the cup final and actually compete for the Stanley cup. Like I I would think that's got to go into it as a player. And don't
0: you think, Riggsy, Danny, Aaron, it, the Islanders are the only team that played in that play-in round. So yeah. that was one extra, you know, Granny, you could make it what you will. They did have to play meaningful games early on, so that helped them very, you know, in the early part of it. But having those, you know, three-some extra games, that kind of hurts them now. You know, they 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 exhausted a little bit in the tank. Maybe mentally, they really had to get up for that. You don't know, but, but yeah. that may play a factor. The all the other teams playing in the round robin.
1: Yeah, if it was after an eighty-two game season, I would, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. But they had like three months off.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just gonna say that. I was gonna be like, you know, I don't. Maybe maybe they're. Uh their conditioning isn't up to snuff yet and that might play a factor but yeah after an 82 game season they should be ready to uh to you know match that intensity in the playoffs no problem
2: i'd even say too like going back to like the bubble fatigue thing uh maybe there's a bubble hump that once you get over the bubble hump that's like hey okay all right, we're playing for the cup now. And it's just down to four teams. Yeah. Like now it's like the intensity of, okay, we're going to win the championship now. guys. It doesn't matter what's going on. The rest of it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. We're, we're in this for the championship. Now I wonder if you get over that hump and then you're just, you're coasting in terms of fatigue. Yeah. Uh, Would you, would you you say Dallas, the,
0: the championship get kicking in? Would you say the Dallas stars got over that hump in game six in round one against the flames? I I mean, I I think if there's any team that's been a Jekyll and Hyde, it's been them. So I I think maybe it's different for each team. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, right. Because they're almost like little, uh, like little families or little communities, right? Because they, Mm -hmm, I I don't think, I don't think they're especially now, right? Where it's only the four teams, uh, they're not socializing much together right, so, right. <laughs> so i think like, early
0: on i bet early on they probably were but i think at this point there's not but, much socializing. But even like,
1: like let's say like the first round right i i bet there wasn't a lot going on amongst the teams after the first game or two um and so then you're like you're in the bubble inside the bubble right you're you're with all your boys and you have your weird like cultural things that you do within your team you know and and the other teams aren't gonna get that and stuff, and I think, like with all that going on, uh I think what Aaron's saying is like you you kind of go into that shell and and when you do that, does it help you you know and and then you're just in the every other day grind of the playoffs um and you know the bumps and bruises don't matter as much and your legs being super tired in the morning don't matter as much, you know, does because that? Because it's the cuff. Right, <laughs> because you're your singular yeah, focus. Yeah, it's a singular it's focus. Singular focus, right. even like for a lot of these guys, like their whole lives, right? They've been training for this and, and striving for this moment. They finally got to that it's place. It's in sight now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and you know, call it running on adrenaline or whatever you want to call it. Like you're just, you're showing up and you're just trying to pursue that dream, I think. And
0: who's oh, cracking
1: who, beers? Who was
0: that?
2: <laughs>
1: who's
0: fake cracking beers?
3: <laughs> That's me. That's me. What you over there? Yeah. I got the uh, six point brewery meltdown. Mm. Daniel on a school it's a, night? It's a heavy boy. It's a
0: heavy
1: <laughs> boy. Yeah. School night. Wow. It's a pound it's a pounder.
0: Good for you, that man. For Big Gan, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> also, I'm curious, since we'll pivot now. Big Washington uh, Caps guy, <laughs> big Washington Caps guy Eric Rigsby. So they yes. have interviewed three coaches up to this point. Yes, Babcock, Boo. Peter Laviolette, and Boo. Gerard Gallant.
1: Yeah. And according
0: <laughs> to according to what Elliot Friedman said <laughs> with Chris Johnson earlier today, and I was also reading a little more, Laviolette and Babcock are the front runners.
1: Yeah, because Why? Because, so, we we kind of, I, I think we talked about Reardon before, right? And so, there's there's rumors going around and Friedman talked, uh, well, I don't know if he talked directly about it. He kind of goes around things sometimes because I think he has information that he can't, like, say. Well, I think he's um, a polite, polite about yeah, it, Yeah, he, he wants to keep his sources happy and that's, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he does a good job. It's just, it's annoying sometimes. Yeah. And I think it causes more issues in other media outlets where they'll take that stuff and run with it. Um, especially like locally or like uh, what's his name with the athletic going on his You know he's a podcaster, Uh, oh yeah, and he's saying, uh, you know, it was the the caps were there on vacation and they were just partying the whole time. It didn't really want to, you know, compete. Um, Okay, fine. You could say that there probably was a little bit of that going on, just because the rumors are very strong that like Reardon was not looked at as an authority figure, like he was the coach and he kind of implemented certain tactics and systems and he told them what times practices were and things like that but he he did not um, foster like the same culture that Barry Trotz had which was hey guys you know I'm not gonna sit here and like be your dad but uh, we're a family and uh, for us to all be successful we've all got to play our part and do the right things Uh, really The rumors are that Reardon like didn't continue that and couldn't because he didn't have the ears of the players Um, and so Now the reaction is I think let's go the complete opposite direction let's get more like authoritarian and uh, You know more strict uh, coaching influence in here, so let's get someone like laviolette Who's not necessarily known as a players' coach, right? Um, or let's get a Babcock in here. Who, I mean, we all follow the stories. uh from him. Intrad- you know, well, does he? I mean, the the guys. Andy, we have, we have a guy. laundry list
0: of things <laughs> we guys, can say about that. Right. I mean, and there's, there's
1: plenty of there's plenty of more famous podcasters, bloggers social media personalities uh insiders that know the horror stories of mike babcock and what he has done to players uh in the organizations that he's coached for um you know yeah he has some success he coached uh you know canadian olympic teams to gold okay great it's canadian olympic team it you know you're stacking the team with the top you're the favorite on day one, the, the top yeah. <laughs> percent of the top percent of pro hockey players in the world. Like, okay, fine. And he coached he, the stacked red wings, right? He coached, yeah. Yeah. He coached an absolutely stacked red Jesus. wings. team. He inherited it. Right. And they, right. he was only able to coach them to one Stanley cup in that time. Right. Like, That's right. Thanks so, Dan Balsma. And then, right. And then we, And then we hear about all the things that he's done to individual players to like, put them in really bad situations and um, wreck careers. And I don't want to repeat them because they're all out there. There's people that are way more famous than us. And also, I don't have first-hand knowledge of it. But there's enough of it there where there's smoke, there's fire. And that's exactly not the right type of coach to come in In the back end of careers for guys like Nick Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin, who, oh by the way, needs a contract, and if you really want him to even get close to Gretzky's record, still in a Capitals uniform, you better get the coaching situation right, because I think he's waiting to see who they hire, and that's why they've suspended talks. So makes sense. And that and that's you know. There's other people have said that, but I I actually think that's what's going on. I think he kind of decided. You know what? I need to see who's going to be here before I decide to stay. As, well, as hard as as hard as that that might be, you know.
3: What does he have left on that contract? None. One year.
1: Really. This upcoming this upcoming season yeah. is an understruck. Wow. Career. So they got to do something. They got to talk now. Mm-hmm. They, they and hopefully they're talking to him about the coaching situation. So, so then the third guy, right, is Gallant. He's probably of, of everybody that's out there, he's probably the right guy. Um, cause he, he understands the modern game. He's been successful at it. Um, he's been sort of the victim of streaks of poor play, um, a couple times. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with like the Vegas situation, I didn't really understand that. Um, Unless something happened, you know, internally. But I don't think there was any reason why he shouldn't still be there. No. The only
0: the only thing I still could think of it, maybe there was something there where it was just too much. Because there was a shakeup a little bit in the front office where Brad McCrimmon took over the general manager position. George McPhee moved, went yeah. to president of hockey operations. Yeah, And initially, early last year, Brad, or in, during the offseason, sorry, Brad McCrimmon interviewed somewhere as a general manager. I forget where at this point. Yeah. But he interviewed, and then within three days, they had that little shakeup. And I don't know if maybe that's something to the effect of, you know, there was a difference of opinion between Gallant, McPhee, Brad McCrimmon. Right. And then they kind of straightened it out. And then the other thing, too, Pete DeBoer was available. He's a very good qualified head
1: coach. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, So,
0: so I think maybe that's also, unfortunately, Gallant, it was kind of like wrong place, wrong time where yeah. you're slumping, the team's not responding for whatever reason. Could be mid-season slump, could be something else going on. And then they're like, well, we have a perfectly qualified coach who, to be honest, any other team would be very fortunate to have. He's a very qualified coach, like we said. Yeah. And Galan unfortunately was a short man out. And especially being says he did really well with a Vegas team in uh, you know, expansion mode, did really well with Florida before that. And like you said, he does the modern game. I just don't see Babcock or Laviolette being a fit. Like, there's nothing. There's nothing there that excites me. Not even as a arrival of the Caps, where I'm like, oh, this will be great for the team. Like if they hire Babcock, I ugh, I feel actually terrible. happier. I yeah. feel happier competing against the Capitals. <laughs> I mean,
1: I mean, if people think I, that if if people think that those players weren't motivated, like in this in bubble hockey, like add Babcock to the mix. And I think it gets way worse especially with the personalities on that team uh, it, like, I just I think it's not good well and I I think there's just too much <laughs> just I, I, I do it's I do bad. think
0: you know say whatever you want like they there's always this talk amongst the NHLPA where it's like you know the top 20% of money makers always make all decisions and the yeah. guys that are like you know on your entry level or lower level deals they don't they don't get much decision but like the stuff that happened in Toronto like all the players know about that when they get along, you know, get around each other and talk yeah. at the PA meetings or even, you know, team buddies from other teams, they talk about that stuff. Like every, I mean,
1: like, and, how do you, how do you look that and, guy in the face? And, and, well, and kinda... and, like, again, we're not a Leafs pro- uh, podcast. But, <laughs> we're not, but, uh, not at all. But like the, the whole, the Babcock Mitch Marner situation was like, that was published. Right. And, exactly. and, Like, that whole thing was, you know, Mike Babcock, as the head coach of the Maple Leafs, goes to Mitch Marner and basically asks him to write down all the guys that aren't trying hard and aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Like, rat out his team In
0: practice.
1: Right. And so that he, so that Babcock could make lineup decisions. Like, you, I don't care what level you're at. I don't care, like, NHL, it doesn't matter you don't go to players and ask yeah. them to rate their teammates to make roster decisions that is like that's your job right <laughs> right yeah well and it, it's it's that and also like it just drives wedges mm-hmm. you know in between the players and the coaching staff groups of players and other players like like there there's all there's always that um I mean you guys know there's always sort of a I don't know what you call it but there's always sort of like a gap between the upper end players and you know the bottom half right I mean they'll get along but you know the the sort of like superstars will kind of hang out together and Mm -hmm. like the lower level players will kind of hang out together and stuff and like you're just you're just making that worse, and you're and you're making it a negative thing.
3: Well, well, it's worse when you when you tell the other players about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. In, the, in the worst. Hey, one. by the way, you've been playing well, like shit, and well, Marner said you've been
0: playing. like the, well, the worst the, thing, yeah, and the that, worst uh, thing was it was Bozak and Kadri. <laughs> it yeah. was Bozak and Kadri, yeah. two players. They they and now where they got those rid guys? Of. Where a they Stanley at? Cup. Yeah. Bozak's a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, you could say whatever you want about. The avalanche. If if Franco and Grubauer and Eric Johnson get hurt, you could be talking about them in the conference finals. Oh, and by the way, Nazem Kadri, part of his top six, they had like almost something like 65% of their team's points throughout yeah. the run. Yeah. Put dumb numbers? Kadri, Kadri Rantan, uh, Lando, and McKinnon. Yeah. Those guys. Kadri was so, up
1: there with McKinnon in goals. on that team in goals. Mm-hmm. Like, Yep. And and in Toronto he was a third line guy, sometimes saw power play time, you know, got shit on by uh, Babcock. Um like it's just terrible situation for him there. He goes to Colorado and is killing it. Like
0: Oh yeah. And it it is just...
1: and then you hear the story about babcock going to marner and telling him like you need to tell me who's not trying hard and who's who's screwing up in practice like yeah that's ridiculous unbelievable and 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 now he's a candidate to come coach the caps and also
0: too also too i'm curious what is what is paychecks going to be from is ted leonesis really going to sign that check
1: well that's the other thing right that guy what he was, what was he making? in? T- it was like
0: he, five or something. Yeah,
1: he was making like player money in Toronto. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> he was making almost as much money as Braden point. And I yeah. would argue Braden point, Braden point has done more in the last five years than Mike. Out so
2: I want to stop you guys real quick here and say that it has been an absolute pleasure <laughs> listening to Eric's mic all night. And oh, this yeah. this microphone arms List, race that's occurred over the last listen three or four to podcasts. The microphone.
3: <laughs> He microphone. he sounds like John said, he sounds that's like right. Barry Weiss. Yeah singer right <laughs>
1: hopefully yeah. hopefully you won't have to clean up too much <laughs> in the post production. I <laughs> don't <laughs> oh, know. The real question is who's gonna buy the
2: next mic? And it, it might be me. I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm Where hoping might... that uh, that our OnlyFans. I already, I, already the, here. I already have. The, friend, I already have the. I already have the Joe list. Rogan podcast
0: studio coming to my house. Like the whole setup. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
1: I just wish I had video. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. I can see you, but you can't see me. It is kind of like OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your wish list on Amazon? I'll buy you <laughs> oh, something. <God. laughs>
0: Right, right now it's a Chemex coffee maker and some <laughs> and some uh, hemp filters.
2: You know, I, I was actually, I was talking to one of the guys uh, at Pickup actually on Sunday, and they said, you know, the first episode was painful. <laughs> <laughs> it was it painful. Was, it was, it was bad. bad. We couldn't even. It was bad. Yeah, painful. some of our mics were not good. <laughs> So, this microphone bad. arms race is definitely paying dividends. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, who we head on... uh... i Actually, yeah, you yeah. said, said that. You <laughs> <Who> said that. You said that.
2: It was, and that's our show. No. No. <laughs> So, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Beers and the Lot, and on OnlyFans so that we can continue our Mike Arms race. Uh, Be sure to rate us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and we will see you guys next week.